I know you love him today. Um, it's so good to see you. Before we sit, I'd like us to do something we haven't done in a long time. And I, I've, I've been in prayer about this, that we're going to do more of this. I want us to recite something together. I want us to read a prayer. This prayer I discovered about two years ago. Um, I didn't know who wrote it because I found it listed by itself without an author and just recently found out who wrote it, which makes a whole lot more sense why it says what it says. Um, but I want us to read it together. It's not common and uh, it's not that easy to read, but I'm trusting you all have we're educated at a time when we actually were teaching people how to read. Amen. That's a difficulty right now in the school system, but uh, I'm, I'm trusting you can do that. So I'd like you to labor just a little bit, see if we can get our timing together, um, get your brains, um, your minds acclimated, because it's really a prayer. So when you read a prayer for the first time, your mind has to take in the words, process what it means so that it's spoken out of your heart and not just out of your mind. Uh, and with that all in mind, I'd like um, the media to help us as much as we can. I think we can get it on this side. I think we are. Are we good? Okay. I think it's that one. Ooh, can you see it? Uh, if you're way in the back, can you see it? Somebody said no. Who said no? Here, baby, come get my glasses, baby. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, media, my media folks, is there any way we can b -b -b blow it up any bigger? How are we doing now? Amen. Let me get it so I can read it. Amen. Okay, so we're going to pray this today. And when you pray it, I want it to be your earnest prayer. In the prayer, you may, you'll, you'll be saying things about God that you never, maybe you've never thought about. But I'm asking the Lord to bring us to a greater depth of understanding of who he is. How are we doing? Are we okay? Let's, let's endeavor, okay? Here we go. We would be still and know that you are God. King God. Supreme in your authority the ruling, reigning monarch of this universe, timeless in your existence, ingenious in your creativity, and with totality of ownership. We stand in awe of you as we contemplate your awesome holiness, majestic splendor, blazing glory, limitless power, and unquestionable sovereignty. We worship you for your flawless character, 
your infinite knowledge and wisdom, your absolute justice, your unswerving faithfulness, unending mercy, matchless grace, and terrible wrath against sin. We bow our hearts and bend our knees before you as we acknowledge your dazzling beauty, your fascinating personality, your incomprehensible humility, your unsearchable understanding, and your fathomless love. We acknowledge that our greatest need is to have a far greater revelation of what you are really like. We ask you to meet that need. We would also join with Moses and pray, teach us your ways that we may know you and find favor in your sight. Thank you that you will answer these sincere requests. In Jesus' name, amen. Lift your hands to him. And I want you to ask the Lord, because you know, you only worship him to the depth of your revelation of him. Your worship is only as pure and good and acceptable as you understand who you're worshiping. You only worship him to the place where your heart is profoundly impacted by who God is and what he can do and what he's done. You only worship him to the depth that you understand your complete and utter and total dependency upon him. Your need of a greater, deeper revelation of him. When you know who you worship, it changes your life. It changes your thoughts. It changes your effectiveness. And how we need to have a deeper revelation of you, Lord. Would you grant it? Grant it in this short series. Lord, help us to see and understand who you are. Give us a revelation of your person, your power, and even your provision. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for changing us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said amen. And if somehow you fathom a little bit of that stuff you just said, clap your hands to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Unto God himself. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. I've been hearing the phrase over and over again for the last several weeks, over and over and over again, and I, I believe it bears repeating again the greatest issue in life, the greatest issue, the greatest goal in life, the greatest meaning to life, is that we may know him and make him known. Jesus himself said, this is eternal life that you know him, that you know him, the only wise, the only true God. Because if you know him, if you've ever met him, 
you are not the same. It's questionable whether people really know God today. I know they know about it. You have to almost be an idiot to say there is no God. Something has to be wrong with you if you really believe that. Something terribly is demented, deceived inside of you if you can say there is no God. Your own personal construction, the way you are, declares he is. The Bible says the creation declares the glory of God. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that there are men and women who live their life like there is no God. I want to share with you in the next few weeks, just a few short weeks, and beginning today, something that has the power, literally, to change your existence. So I need the Lord to help me. Because I need this, but I'm talking to you as much as I need to speak it. And I had to acknowledge God that how can I talk about this and I need this so badly myself and so I'm talking to you out of my desire to experience and to know what I'm talking about need the Lord to help me with it so let's work at it actually it's a little bit deceiving because if somebody ever asks you do you fear God most people would say, no, nah, I ain't scared of God. Or the religious ones would say, oh yeah, I fear God. It's, kind of, it's sort of an amazing phrase in the Bible. One of the most mysterious phrases in all of Scripture. The, I call it the fog, F-O-G, the fear of the Lord. I'm, I'm hoping to share a, a short story with you that will begin to understand what it is because you have to know what it is and what it ain't. And you want to check yourself, see if you got it. But the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8, by the way, there are many, many scriptures. Uh, those of you who are Bible scholars, those of you who really love to do research, type in your search box, type in the fear of the Lord, and look at all those scriptures. Then type in fear of God. Type in both of those, and it's shocking what you discover. And most of them, about 95 to 97% of the verses that talk about the fear of God do not define the fear of God. Those verses actually tell you the result of the fear of God. They hang on, uh, they hang the promises which are unbelievable. When you start researching this, you're going to go, oh my God. Oh Lord, you start saying, "Oh my God," and then you then then you be thinking, "Hope I didn't say that in vain." Because how many of you how many of you have taken the Lord's name in vain before? I'm trying. I'm here. How many of you have taken the Lord's name in vain? How many of you? Said, oh my God, why'd you say that? 
So when you look up the fear of God, and I want you to do that, that's your assignment these next two, three weeks, I want you to look it up. Use it in, look at it through your, 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 your uh, devotion time. Look up, the word, look up the fear of God. Read the scriptures that have to, it's talk about mess you up. I mean, straighten you out. I mean, flip your script. I'm talking about run your flag up the pole. I mean, to, 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 to understand the word of God when it speaks of this phrase, which we need so desperately. So Proverbs, there's one scripture, there, there are actually two I want to share, that tend to define what it is if we can understand it. Because actually you need heaven to reveal it to you. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 13, go there in your hand mechanism or in your mind, go there. Proverbs 8 13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Keep going. And pride. And arrogance. And the evil way. And the perverted mouth. Lord Jesus, I hate. Proverbs 8.13 gets kind of funky about that. Fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So I want to ask you a question. Uh, maybe you could ask each other, might help you a little bit. Do you hate evil? Might want to ask it, do you hate evil? Uh, ask another way. Is there any evil that you find yourself loving? For you to be able to answer that question and answer it accurately and rightly may make the difference between whether you achieve what God wants you to achieve or not. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, hate pride, hate, hate arrogance, hate the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. Jeremiah, 20, Jer Jeremiah 9, 23 says, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast of this, that he understands, write it down, that he understands and knows me. And that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, right and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Kind of a powerful verse, Jeremiah, the prophet, when he prophesies to Israel, and he's prophesying to Israel who has not obeyed the Lord. In fact, when, he, when Jeremiah is prophesying to Israel, he's prophesying because they have done everything opposite he told them to do. And everything he told them not to do, they would do it. And God speaking to them as his people. And uh, he, he's, he's wanting them back in their heart. Mm. So Jeremiah makes a declaration. He said, if you're going to boast about anything, I'll tell you what. 
Don't boast. Don't be boasting about how wise you are, how mighty you are, how rich you are. How many of you seen the opposite of what I'm talking about right now? You know whenever you see this, there is no fear of God in their life. But let him boast of this, that he understands me. God says, if you're going to boast, boast that you, that you know me. And that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness and justice <clears throat> and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in the I delight in these things. So in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, we're told to glory only in understanding that we have the knowledge of God and that his three main attributes are working. His steadfast love, his justice, and his righteousness. When we have an understanding of God, of his unconditional love for us, and that unconditional love was demonstrated by his going to the cross and paying the price for our redemption at Calvary. We will always be secure that we can come to God anytime we need to come to God. We know we can approach God at any time. When we have an understanding of God's unconditional love for us, we can come to God at any time. When we have revelation of God's judgment and justice, along with his holiness, we will realize how we need to understand the importance of the fear of God and how it works in our daily lives. Through his love, we have acceptance. You know, when you love God uh, and you know the love of God, one of the first things you realize, I'm accepted. One of the great, one of the great problems in our culture is that there's so much rejection but when when you find Jesus he removes rejection and you find for many people the first time in their life they find that they are accepted but it's through the fear of God that fear operating in our lives that we have favor it's one thing to be accepted by God another thing to have favor from God they're not synonymous I'll show you that in just a moment yeah you can believe God he paid for your sins and you can be overwhelmed with gratitude that he did that and you can receive that God has has, has flung open his arms the pictures on the cross his arms are wide open for you you can be totally accepted. How that Paul said we are accepted in the beloved. But that's different than God putting favor on you. Favor comes because you've met certain criteria. 
Favor comes because there are issues in your life that have been dealt with and finished and over. Acceptance, you know, when you accept your child, when your child is bad, I, I remember, I never forget this. The teacher came in the, in the class, I was in elementary school, she said, all right, class, does, this was, this was public school. All right, class, does Jesus love you when you're good? The kid says, yes, Miss Turtle. Her name was Miss Turtle. And then she said, does Jesus love you when you're bad? No, Miss Turtle. Because as children, we didn't understand acceptance. We didn't know that the answer was yes in both regards. I'm going to ask you, does Jesus love you when you're good? Does he love you when you're bad? Does he love you when you're bad? You mean he loves you when you're horrible? Really? Mm, I wonder whether he gives you favor when you're horrible. There are people, you know, we run it down the road like this. I, you know, are you saved or are you not saved? Well, my question is saved from what? Because if you're saved from hell because you believe that Christ died and gave you eternal life, amen. But, if you, but you're not saved from judgment and you're not saved from, from problems and troubles and curses unless you have the favor of God. He died for it all, but you only get to experience. He died for it all, but you only get to experience much as you have the fear of God in your heart. So I'm not kicking you out of the kingdom. Are you breathing? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not kicking you out of heaven. God forget, forbid. But I do want you to be clear that the church today is wrestling with this. We have people who have received Jesus Christ, but the rest of their life is a mess. I'm sorry. Am I talking to the right people? I thought, oh, I know it was. I lost y'all last week with, with patriotism. That's what it was. I, I know, I know, I know. That's what it was. I, I, I'll pick that back up a little later on, and we'll, we'll help you. We don't, we're going to help you straighten that out. But, 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 but hear me today. He always, and is always, and shall always love you. But whether he gets to give you special treatment or not, depending on where your heart is. Uh, let me give you an example. Okay, we'll do that next. We'll do that, we'll do that part next week. I, I, wanna, I want you to go to the 15th chapter of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 15, we have a great illustration of this. And, uh, um, his name, he was, he was a nobody until God discovered him. And, and, and the people of God in chapter 14 of 1 Samuel, the people of God yielded to, the people of God yielded to the nations around them. They wanted to be like the nations around them. So they were discontented. And they said, we don't want, we don't want no prophet. 
We don't want no prophet over us. We tired of these prophets. They come around there all day, prophets are bad stuff anyway. Kind of sounds like a church today. After we got through uh, 2020, everybody was cursing the prophets. Because what they said was going to happen didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. So they started putting the prophets down. Well, Israel was putting the prophets down because Israel wanted to be like the nations around them. We want a king. We want a king. We want a king. We want a king. And so they, they're running up and down hollering. Why can't we have a king? Samuel, who God has appointed as a prophet over the nation, who gave the word of the Lord to the people of God, treating them like they were, like God was a shepherd and they were his sheep. Not you are my slaves and I'm your king. The people said, we want a, we want a, we want a king. And they, and they railed against Samuel so bad, Samuel went back to God and said, God, what am I going to do with these people? They want a king. God said, yeah, they want a king because they want to be like the nations around them. So since they don't want my, my form of government, I'm going to give them what they want. So you go back to the people and tell them that, that you will anoint a king. Yay! They had no idea what they were asking for. Lo and behold, Samuel went throughout the land looking for the man. And they ran upon this, ran upon this brother. And he was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was good looking. He was ripped. Come on, somebody. On the outward appearance, he was the bomb. But on the inside, we got another problem. But nonetheless, Samuel said, Saul, I'm going to anoint you as king. Now, I don't have time, I, don't, I won't take the time to take, tell you, to dissect his personality. But he was a guy that he looked great on the outside, but he had internal problems about the way he looked and about who he was and about his acceptance. He, he, he was wrestling inside about that. And by the way, there are many times people wrestle with acceptance because they have not accepted what God has, has done in them. Whenever you question how God made you, whenever you question how God made you, you will always have a negative performance. Saul, no matter how big and strapping and ripped he was, had a real problem with his image, his own self-image. By the way, tap your neighbor's head. When God made you, he did not make a mistake. Tell you that when God formed you, he knew exactly what he was doing. Down to the very cells, down to the very molecules. He even chose your daddy. He chose your mama, your mama's 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 mama. And he knew exactly when that sperm and that cell comes together, you were going to be the product. And God was rejoicing and happy when you came. And just because you don't like your roly-poly self, it don't mean God doesn't. Now some of us are roly-poly for other reasons, but I won't get into that right now. I, I want you to tell you, Saul was a trip. He was a trip because he had, have you ever seen people are beautiful, but on the inside? It's because of the way they see themselves. 
by the way, I, I need to say this. May God help you. May God help us. But one of the attributes of God's of fear of the Lord is you accept completely, absolutely what God has done. Some of you sitting before me today need to have a new decision about the way God put you together. You need to quit being mad at God that you don't look like somebody else or you don't have somebody else's talent. You need to accept the fact that God gave you your big head because he had a reason for it. God gave you your big lips because he had a reason for it. God gave you, yes he did. No, you ain't got no hair. God has a reason for that. Praise God for all the no hair guys that are in the building today. Hallelujah. Praise him. Some of y'all are on the way. Amen. Look at Jennifer. Don't let Hollywood define for you what beauty is. <laughs> don't, let, don't let them do it. Don't let them do it. Bro, you good. You good. You good. You good. You, you good. You ain't, got to, you ain't got to do nothing. Sweetheart, you good like you are. You ain't got to pump it up. You, you good just like you are. You ain't got to buy it. You ain't got to stuff it. No, you good. I would tell you what my wife said about that, but, but uh, it's not necessarily kid friendly, so we wait, we wait. I'm going to walk in the fear of the Lord. I ain't going to, you know, something I ain't going to say publicly, you know what I'm saying. But you get the gist. Saul was that opposite guy. Saul was the guy that he internally, internally, he was, he was a mess. And it wasn't because of what people had done to him. Because of the way he chose to see himself. You know, when some people, when people, when there are those who, who think they're ugly and unacceptable, and that is another reverse sign of their own personal pride. I'm talking to you about Saul because he was chosen. He was chosen. But he wasn't favored. And God wasn't being, uh, it wasn't that God was prejudiced. God knows exactly, he knew exactly who Saul was. He even gave him opportunities to change. But he wouldn't change. So Samuel came to Saul. Come on, Saul, you're the one. You, 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 uh, you, you mean me? Yes, you're the one. On the day of his coronation, he hiding behind the baggage. Bring out the king, the first king of Israel. He hiding behind the baggage. Where, where is he? Anybody looking around? Almost felt like that. Almost felt like coming to America. You remember that scene? When the king and the, and the supposed queen went in the back room. And everybody's looking, where'd they go? It's kind of like that. Bark like a dog. I'm sorry. Hey, right. <laughs> Big dog. <laughs> Saul back hiding behind the baggage. Some of the servants, here, here he is, Samuel. Saul come out. Man, stand up straight. They anoint him. Now, here's, a, here's an amazing thing. When you read this account, after they anoint him, the Spirit of God comes on him. 
And he begins to prophesy with the prophets. God said, I'll favor you like everybody else if you obey me. Regardless of your, your, regardless of your, your, your inner challenges, you obey me, I'll favor you. I'll take care of what you lack. Saul comes out and he's something else. And the people are rejoicing. Y'all still with me? Okay, so we go fast now. Look at, uh, look at chapter 15. I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 15. Verse 1 says, Samuel said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you as king over the people, over Israel. Now, therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus the Lord says, the Lord says this, the Lord of hosts, I will punish, I want you to listen to this, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. And by the way, please hear me, God, God is going to get the last word over your enemies. You hear me what I'm saying? That's why you never have to take vengeance. You never have to get revenge. Look at your name and say, don't get revenge. Don't get revenge. God will take care of that. In fact, the fact that you stand there and you take it and you didn't deserve it and you, and you keep your composure and you don't go cussing and fussing and you don't go ballistic. No, you keep your demeanor. Keep your integrity. When you fear God, you hold your peace when you really want to do something else. Are you still there? Now look what God said. He said, I, he said, you know, Amalek, I don't forget, I do not forget what Amalek did. Amalek, for what he did to Israel, how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. They weren't warriors. But they were coming out of freedom. And Amalek took advantage of them. He said, now go and strike Amalek. Read it with me in your, in your Bible. Now go and strike Amalek and do what? What does, what does utterly mean, saints? Thank you. Completely, totally destroy all, what, what? All that he has and what? Do not spare him, but put to death both what? Women and what? Children and infants, ox, sheep, camels, donkeys, dogs, chickens. <laughs> are you all listening? Are you all reading that? This does not work for the pacifists in our country. Then Saul summoned the people and numbered them. He, he, he numbered the people, 200,000, 10,000 men of Judah. And, and Saul said, verse 6, he said, They're not, now you Kenites, I want you to leave Amalek and go down from among them, from among the Malachites, so that I don't destroy you too. Because you showed kindness to the sons of Israel when they came from Egypt. So the Kenites departed from the Amalek, from the Amalekites. So Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah, Havilah, as you go to Seir, Sheer, which is east of Egypt. He captured Agag, say Agag, 
the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people from the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, oxen, fatlings, lambs, and all that was good. And were not willing, what, 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 what? Were not willing to do what? To destroy them utterly. But what? Everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. Now, if it was despising, despicable, and worthless to them, they destroyed it. But if they saw it and they liked it, they kept it. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, uh, we got a problem, Houston. Because I, I believe it was God Almighty yes, that told him when you, when, you, when you go after the Amalekites, I want you to wipe, I want you to wipe them out. Utterly destroy them. Excuse me, you know what I'm hearing when I'm preaching this? Amalek is a type of sin. And when God sees a sin in your life, yeah, ain't nobody talking to me. He, he knows what he has to do to put favor on you. He can't do it unless you utterly destroy some mess out of your life. Are you all breathing? And, and so keep reading with me. So I, verse 11, the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I regret that I have made Saul king for he has turned back from what? I'm sorry, you can't, I can't hear you. He's turned back from, and he has not carried out my. How do you turn back from following God? I'm asking you, how do you turn back from following God? You don't do what he says. Lord have mercy. So, Samuel rose in the morning, met Saul, and uh, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself. <laughs> he set up a monument for himself, then turned and proceeded on down to Gilgal. Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, blessed his Saul talking to Samuel. Blessed are you of the Lord. What <laughs> boy that got religious now, ain't he? <laughs> Blessed are you of the Lord. Are you all breathing, saints? I have carried out the command of the Lord. But Samuel said, Well, what is this I hear in the background? Sheep the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear. Saul said, oh, uh, they, notice, underline that, they. They have bought them from the where? For the people, for the who? The people did what? Spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, but the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, wait, 
And let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Are y'all breathing? Sit with me. And he said to him, speak. So Saul ain't got no idea what's coming. See, when you do not fear God, you don't have a clue. When the fear of God is not in your heart and situations come up and you have to make an evaluation and you make it the way you see it and it's opposite of what you were told, Lord have mercy, we got a problem. I said God puts favor on those that fear him. He accepts everybody. He already accepted Saul. But he only puts favor on the ones that obey him. I think I have your attention. You still with me? And the Lord sent on, and the Lord sent you on a mission. Did I, did I say that? Wait a minute. Where did I leave off? 17. Samuel said, this is, this, is it not true? Samuel said, is it not true? Though you were little in your own eyes. Are you, are you all with me? Though you were what? You were made the what? The head of the tribes of Israel. And the Lord did what to you? King over what? And the Lord sent you on a... And said, go and do what? Say it again. Utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites. And do what? Fight against them until they are exterminated. What kind of word is that? God is not cruel and God is not evil and there is no wickedness in him at all. So if he chooses to exterminate and to completely get rid of something, it must be that whatever he's getting rid of is so bad until if he don't get rid of it, it'll destroy everything else. Have mercy. Okay. Utterly destroy the sinners. Fight against them until they are exterminated. Root them out of the land. Get them out of your life. Stop them from breathing. Lord, have mercy. We have a culture today that says any God who would do this can't, can't possibly be God. That's because they don't have the fear of the Lord. He said, I tell you what, if you're going to boast about anything, boast that you know me. You know my love. You know my justice. You know my righteousness. Boast about that. And if you can't boast about that, then you don't really understand who I am. Many people have a problem with the, with the Old Testament. They throw the whole Old Testament out because of passages like this, because they don't understand who they're dealing with. Lord, help me. There's a pastor who's passing right now. I don't know that he's completely gone, but he's on the verge of death. We went to school together. 
was slated to be one of the greatest religious leaders. Whatever sin, whatever thing he dealt with, he said, I cannot bring myself, he changed, he said, I can't bring myself to believe that God, that God would punish people for doing wrong. And so he started preaching the doctrine of inclusion. He started preaching the gospel of inclusion, meaning there is no hell, there is no ultimate punishment. Because in his logic, he could not believe that God would. The fact that he lost or did not have the revelation that the same God that pronounces judgment on sin is the same God that releases grace and mercy for everyone who repents. And he will let you go your way. Whew, that makes me shudder in my bones. That God will let you keep doing what you're doing. God will not make you acknowledge the truth. He will not make you repent. How we need this in the house of God so badly. Because God is not accepting everything we do. Saul is up. He's, he's in his logical mind. But look what he said. You don't think he's there. Check this out. He sent you on a mission, told you to exterminate them. Why do, he says, why then did you not obey the voice, Samuel said. Why didn't you obey the voice of the Lord? Why didn't you obey the voice of the Lord? But, but, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. See, you, God told you, gave clear descriptions what you were to do. But when you saw what you saw and you liked what you saw, you made an independent decision in your heart, an evaluation. And you changed what God, that sound like, that sound like, that sound like the snake come to the woman and say, did God really say? Are you guys okay? This is really positive. Why then didn't you obey the voice of the Lord? But, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And then Saul, check this out. Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey. Are you reading what I'm reading? Are you reading what I'm reading? I did obey the voice of the Lord. And I went on a mission on which the Lord sent me. And have brought back Agag the king. God didn't tell you to bring that boy back. When did you hear that? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you this because I want you to see the difference between when you have the fear of God, it's very real. It discerns. When you have the fear of God, you understand. One of the definitions, of course, is to hate evil. Another definition, which I didn't give you the scriptures, is to tremble before God.
in Malachi, it speaks of the priest. He said, he, 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 God was giving him kudos. He said, he trembled before my name. He understand what Yahweh means. And he trembled. I am. He trembled before my name. He said, that's another definition of the fear of the Lord. He reverenced me. Lord, help us, please. So, Saul said, he said, I did obey. I did. Have you ever had kids do that to you? I did what you told me. I did. I took it. I, I did. I cleaned my room. But you didn't clean. Why did you get that stuff from under your bed? Why didn't you clean that nasty toilet? Why didn't you pull them drawers out that you stuff over there? You, you understand what I'm trying to say? And I brought back Agag, the king of Alma, Alma, um, um, the king of, of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Malachites. How can, how can you say you just utterly destroyed the Malachites and there's one still living? The worst one. The leader. He the one leading the whole nation in evil. Are you guys breathing okay? But the people, Lord, help me right here. Everybody who leads, please hear the word of the Lord. But the people took some of the spoil. Well, who's in charge of the people? But see, if you've got a bad self-image, you won't bring no correction to somebody who's under your, Lord, have mercy. You won't bring correct because you, you don't want them to reject you and call you a bad, bad leader. Some of y'all supervisors right now need to back somebody up in the corner and, and you know what. But you won't do it because you are afraid of what the workers are going to say about you. And they didn't hire you. Lord, have mercy. Some of you parents have the same problem. Only reason why your kids are bad is because you didn't discipline them. Why are you talking this way, Bishop? Because it's the truth. You're bad baby kids. <laughs> They're bad because you did not take care of business. You listened to that idiot at the school that told you if you beat your child, uh, you were somehow a deranged parent. And you're going to produce a deranged child. And the child is already deranged and you ain't even touched him. Lord have mercy. And the Lord said, if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. And some of you have been sparing the rod. Oh God, I know. This is not that popular right now. It would not be a great message for the school board right now. But I don't care. Because if you, if you have the fear of the Lord, then you realize what God says is true. I am not going to destroy, I am not going to destroy my children by not disciplining them appropriately. I'll take the courage to discipline. I'll deal with my own negative self-image because I'm fighting with the rejection and I want my kids to reject me, but I don't care. I want God to accept me and I want to get that right. So if, if I'm rejected by God, that's the worst rejection in the world. Hello, somebody. That's eternal. You want to get that right. So when your child 
pictures of fit, you go ahead and put your fit right with it. If you're in the, if you're in the marketplace, you, know, you may have to have a little patience so they won't take you to jail. <laughs> get him in that car. Get it behind them tinted windows. Hello, somebody. <laughs> and blister the hello, somebody. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are alive today because your mother said, not as long as you in this house will you ever do that. And you would, ah, okay, mama, okay. And they, and they straightened up. Some of you are alive today because you follow the edict of the word of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? He said, but the people, are y'all still with me? But the people, that's where I left off. But the what? But the people took some stuff. And, and some of the stuff was devoted to, destruct, to destruction. I, I, I wish I could talk about that. Uh, uh, no, I, I won't take the time to that right now. Excuse me. devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord. He said, now we took, the, we kept this stuff because we going to sacrifice it to the Lord. You lied out your teeth. We're going to keep the, the fatty oxen. We're going we gonna to do it. We're going to cut their heads. and We're going we gonna to offer their blood before the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. Praise his holy name. Worship. Man, you about to get scunion on your head. You all right? Good. Look at me. We're, I'm just about done. The people took some of the spoil, the sheep and oxen, choicest things devoted to sacrifice to the Lord God of, at Gilgal. Samuel said, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings? and sacrifices as in obeying come on y'all come on with me obeying come on the what the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice so when you have the fear of the Lord in you when that is in you obedience becomes top shelf Obedience becomes everything. When you have the fear of the Lord in you, hearing God's voice is paramount. When the fear of the Lord is in you, it gives you a discernment between your voice and his voice. When the fear of the Lord is in you, there are some things you will no longer do. I think I'm talking to some of us right now. Yes, we have the love of God in our heart, but do you have the fear of God in your heart? I love you for saving my life, but do you love him for sanctifying your life? I love him because he heard. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. Come on. I love the come on Baptist Lord, Lord he 
my cry. Pitied every groan. Lord, help us, please. Do you know what people who the people the people who fear God have this inner condition in their heart that when God speaks, that becomes everything. Their very life, their very life, their very life and breath is dependent on what he's saying. Because my, my prosperity or my poverty is about my obey, obedience to his voice. I want to be Old Testament. Lord, I delight to do thy will. We used to sing that song, remember? I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. I want to serve the purpose of God while I am alive. I want to live my life with something that will last for. Oh, I delight. I delight to do your will. And then we say, What is on your heart? Tell me what to do. Let me know your will, and I will follow you. What is on your heart? Remember this, Mark? Tell me what. It might have been before your time. Let me know your will, and I will follow you. When you have the fear of the Lord in your heart, it changes everything. Now it's not about what my boss said. Now it's not about what my friends said. Now it's not about what my cousin said. No, now it's not about what my homie said. No, Lord, what did you say? Look at your neighbor and say, it'll cost you to obey God's voice. It will cost you to obey God's voice. But I'd rather pay that price than being disobedient to God. Because when you obey God's voice, it costs you on the negative for those who don't understand, but it costs you on what it counts the most, on the positive when you've obeyed God. Because when you obey God, God said, I can trust you. I tell you what to do, you'll do it. And because of that, I can bless you. I'm not going to take my blessing and bless you when you're disobedient and spoil you and think that in your sin, somehow, this is good. So I said, you know what? Uh, you know, people, they took the best. They, they, you know, they, we're going to burn this to God. How many of y'all said, well, you know, I'm going to make this money. I'm in this business because I'm, 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 I'm going to give a whole lot of money to the church. You lying. You don't even tithe. What are you talking about? How you know? Well, I look on the records. Well, I, I, I 
didn't want to put it on the records because, you know, I don't want I didn't want to put it on the records because, you know, you know, I, I don't think I don't believe oh you'd be surprised if folks say, I don't believe you have to record, you know, what you're giving. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, heaven is recording it down through the attitude. You face it now, face it later. <laughs> so the fear of the Lord was not in Saul's heart. The fear of man was in his heart. What the people think about me. You don't believe that? Read on in the story, you'll see it. It actually comes up. Well, the people, well, they got, they got, they got, well, I, I wouldn't have made the sacrifice myself because the people, they got restless. Are you kidding me? I'm going to tell you something. When, when you're put in a position of leadership, whether it's a parent or whether it's on your job, it doesn't matter. Whenever, when you're put on a position of leadership, you, 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 you be clear. You, you, people are looking to follow you. Now, some of them don't want to, but that don't mean, that don't mean you do what they do because they don't. Lord have mercy, we got to get your heart right because if you understand, if you're, nobody just steps into a position of leadership, somebody, come on, puts you there. If you understand that your life ultimately is about God, God gives you the leeway, God gives you the doorway, God gives you the seat of, of service, He gives you the seat of leadership. I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, you must do what is right, even though it costs you your reputation, even though it costs you people talking about you behind your back. You have folk talk about you behind your back before. What are you talking about? But you need something inside strong that'll hold you while all them acting a fool that you're supposed to be leading. Military. You know what I'm talking about. They put them stripes on you because you earn them. Yeah, but, but when you earn them, that means you got to lead. And the more stripes, the more your, more your leadership. And you better do what's right. In this case, Saul, the one who put him in office, is the one he has his allegiance to, not the people. One of the worst things when you're in job, God wants to promote you here. God wants to promote you here. But he can't promote you if you're scared of man. If you have the fear of man, you disqualified the lead. Talk to me, saints. Talk to me. Disqualified. Why? Because leadership means you go where they don't want to go. That's why it's called lead. You do what they don't want to do. You are responsible to get it done with their help. And if they don't want to help you, fire them and get somebody else. Hello, somebody. I understand leadership in the kingdom is first service. But the service, you, the service you're rendering to them is direction. The service you render to them is instruction. The service you're rendering to them is you set the pace, the direction, and the goal. Are y'all hearing me? The service you render them is sight. You see what they do not see. 
God gives you that sight so you can lead. He gives you that oversight so you can lead. Are you guys okay? Saul said, well, the people, the people. Can you imagine what God was thinking when that boy said, the people? Can you imagine Samuel said, oh, Lord. Sam, he told him to say, no, that's it. He's off. It's over. <coughs> Take it home, friend. Okay, take it home. Wow. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the what? Verse 23. What is rebellion like? Rebellion is demonic. Let's make no mistake. That's why when children rebel, guess what's working in them? When a child rebels against their parent, guess what spirit that's in? You cannot treat that lightly. Are you guys okay? Well, son, you know, I, I told you, you know, we, you know, we don't lie. Because if you lie, you cheat. And if you cheat, you steal. And if you steal, you kill. Eventually. So you got to get that lie right up front. I'm sorry. I'm trying to help y'all. I'm trying to help somebody up in here. So look, look, go back. Let's get your mind back there. This is the opposite of the fear of the Lord. For rebellion as a sin of divination and insubordination. Are you all there, saints? Insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. You all breathing? I've sinned against the Lord. Oh, I've sinned. I've transgressed. Really? Because I feared the, are you all verse 24? Because you feared who? I feared the people and listened to whose voice? Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and, and return with me so I can worship. You guys still, you still there? But Samuel said, Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Notice, he didn't say, I've rejected you from being my people. Are you there? He didn't kick him out the tribe. Y'all breathing all right? He said, but you can't be king. Because it takes something down inside that you don't have to be king. Because your, 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 your attitude is going to impact a whole nation. I wish somebody would talk to me today. And, and this is one reason why I have a problem with folks who haven't got enough sense to know if a person is sitting in the office and, and their actions are rebellious against God, how are you going to keep supporting somebody whose attitude and actions are against God? all I'm going to say about that so y'all won't <laughs> so Samuel Samuel turned to go 
Saul grabbed the edge of his robe, please, and he tore his robe. And Samuel tore, tore the edge of his robe, and it tore. And Samuel said to him, the Lord God has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor who is better than you. Are you all there? God said, the glory of Israel, I will not lie down or change his, his mind. For he is not a man that he should change his mind. Then he said, I, I, I've sinned. Please honor me. Honor me. He's still grasping for it. One of the ways you know, in the beginning he's running from it. Now he's grasping for it. So you realize he... He doesn't have a clue what the he does not have a clue what the fear of the Lord is. And and Samuel said, He's given this leadership to your neighbor. And while Saul was going through his rebellion, God was working with someone to take his place. And I want to say this to you here today: that some of you are like David. God has been working with you to replace you in a place where his righteousness will rule because you will make good decisions. You will make right decisions because the fear of the Lord is in your heart. Because you're faithful with a little thing, it's going to make you ruler over much. Because when you have the fear of God, it delivers you from the fear of man. And God knows we need that. He in the back pasture somewhere. He having target practice. He watching over sheep, stank sheep. He didn't watch them stank sheep for so long, he stank like the sheep. He was a bad man. He's knocking down trees. He's knocking down, he's knocking down trees and objects. He don't have, he don't know what he's practicing for. He's about to kill a giant. He ain't scared of men. He's too scared of God. In a healthy and a reverential way. He's not looking for a position. He just want to please his father. So he takes the worst job in all the family. And he's faithful. And he doesn't lose one. And when the bear comes out the woods and takes the sheep, 
He said, I took a bear, I cracked his jaws, I killed him. When a lion came out to get one of my sheep, I, I killed him too. Ooh. He a bad man. He ain't looking for acclimates. He's not looking for his name and lights, and he don't care whether he ever gets on Instagram. He just want to please God. He's got the fear of God in his heart. And, and I, won't, I, I won't cover it today, but just to let you know that his sins, his sins were worse than Saul's. Oh, God. But his heart feared God. To the point when his sins were pointed out, he just ripped his clothes and fell to the ground. So I'm a dead man. Because I know the God I serve. I think if you were, if you were hearing, I think you might want to ask the Lord. Chris, help me a little bit, sir. Chris says, help me, sir. If I, if I were you and I understood what I'm getting at today, I would ask the Lord. I know I, I'm praying it. And I'm not assuming that it's, as, that it's as it should be. I would ask the Lord to give me an understanding of the fear of the Lord. It's prerequisite to all the promotions that God has been waiting to give you. It stabilizes you when you're raised up higher than you ever have been before, with more than you've ever had before, but you never change your heart and mind because you have the fear of the Lord. Have mercy, Jesus. So I want to talk to you about it a little more because there's so much about it, but I just I want to open it up to you so you can see it, so you can covet it that you want that thing. I'll, I'll help you and attach some of the, the incredible promises that God promises when you possess this. I don't want you to be presumptuous and don't act like you got it. You know, I, there's a whole chapter where the people of God verbally declared the fear of the Lord but their actions were totally opposite. They talk about, I fear God. I'm a Jew. I fear God. But you, man, you're doing everything God told you not to do. My fear, my, my, I shudder inside for the body of Christ right now. Because we don't mind having the look. We just don't want to act right. We don't mind having the appearance of godliness. But if you followed us home, you check this out on Saturday night. It's not a good scene. How do you know that, Flynn? Well, I know it because, you know, I, I, I'm reading this, the stats. How many divorces are in the body of Christ? Now are more than those who are not. What? 
I know it by the, 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 the generation X, which are the children, the children of the, of the Z's and the Gen Xers who don't want to get married. Why don't they want to get married? Because they've been looking at their parents' marriage. I ain't, oh, I ain't doing that. You don't want to get married? I didn't say they want to have sex. No, I didn't say they want to have sex. I mean, you know, hey. I didn't say they want to have sex. <laughs> In fact, we're going to have sex. We just ain't going to be married. Am I talking to the right people? They've given up on marriage because they don't know what the fear of the Lord is. They don't know what a promise is and they don't know what a covenant is. They don't know what a covenant is, how deep a covenant is, and how deeply impacts how the fear of God impacts the covenant and what that means and what power it has. They don't understand it. So they just they ain't doing that. No. They ain't gonna marry you, take my name and all my money. No. I work too hard for this money. Because without the fear of the Lord, riches and honor, all that um, have more importance than people or relationships. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, I, I, I want, you, you read that prayer, but we'll read it again next week. I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you. I want to have an understanding, revelation of who you are. Because if I can get revelation of who you are, then you will grant unto me the fear of the Lord. And I take it so seriously that I want to obey you whatever you tell me to do. So I'm not assuming I have it. I hope you don't assume you have it. You might have been thinking, ooh, I know I ain't got that. Well, if you know you don't, you're blessed. The ones who are in a problem, the ones who have a problem is when they think they do and they don't. That means I ain't got to change. In fact, I just keep coming to church. I'll be cool. Bow your heads. What kind of crazy message this is? Well, I'm giving it to you like I'm hearing it. And I'm trusting you understand it. It's a good time to ask the Lord. You need that, what do they call that, uh, that, that thermo thermometer? They call it the, that we talked about it when you, uh, we were talking about the, with the couple. They, they call it a, not a thermometer, but a Another word I just learned just a few days ago. Uh, that that uh, how you measure. I, I don't know how your 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 fear of God, how your fear of God meter, what that is in you. Gaynard. What's the, what's the other word? Uh, it'll come to me. Don't worry. It'll come to me. What I want. What what I want you to to be serious before God because this is not whether or not I'm not talking to you like you're not saved 
That's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking to the people of God. Because I know what God wants to do with us. But he can't do it unless our hearts are able to tremble before him. Because we have such reverence and respect. This is not negative. There's a joy that comes in knowing that, you know what? When, when, what would you feel like if you know something horrible and terrible came up for you to do and you already made up your mind? I'm not doing that. That's like some of y'all when they made it legal, when they said it's legal, it's because legal now is legal. What does that mean? Legal where? Legal in what courtroom? Oh, it's legal. Hey, bro. Light, light me up, man. Okay, light me up. <laughs> well, then, well, just, I won't well, we'll let you put your lips on. I just want you to light it for me. When I do like this, most of you go, uh-oh. You meant you'd be shocked how many of the body, how many of the body, how many of the how much of the body of Christ is legal. They're not thinking about heaven. They didn't think about demons. They're not thinking about what God wants to do with them. They can't hear the voice of God. They got too much. been the whole week and I, and at the end of the week I can smoke oh are you serious one reason why it's, it, it's a problem because it makes you feel like I don't know and I don't care and the Holy Spirit who's got work for you to do people for you to talk to places for you to go things for you to accomplish can't talk you can't hear him he talking but you can't hear Got too much smoke in your ears. Okay, I'll leave you alone for right now. As, you, as you're there in the chair, bow your heads and pray and talk to the Lord about this. Um, and, 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 and if you find yourself, Lord, ooh, I, I need this. I need to understand what this is and I need to receive this. Would you grant, Father in heaven, would you grant unto me the fear of the Lord. You have to ask him. Help me to understand and to see it. Show me where I'm lacking in this. Tap my disobedient quotient. Forgive me for obeying only when it's convenient. I want to be prepared for what you have for the body of Christ. I want to be a player, Lord, on the scene for the kingdom. I don't want to be benched because I'm not fit. I want to be right in the middle of the battle. I need deliverance, Lord, 
deliverance from my own self. Forgive me, forgive me, Lord, for telling you that I'm not worthy, that I can't do it. Forgive the negative image I have nurtured in myself. Grace, Heavenly Father, to believe what your word says. Lord, I do thank you that I'm able to hear this word without rejecting it. I thank you, Father. And I thank you for, I will steward this word, Father, and I thank you that the Holy Spirit will work in me, work over us. So that we begin to walk in this, walking in the fear of the Lord. When the world doesn't understand it, nor does it want it, we covet this. We thank you for, the, for, for deliverance from the fear of men. We thank you for courage to obey you, no matter what. Lord, I do thank you for this. I praise you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. And amen. All God's people said amen. Okay, so I'm going to stop this. I'm going to let you go. And uh, I do think that there may be some of you that may need, um, you may need prayer. I have this heaviness in me. Some of you, uh, you, you kind of realize, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm so far from that. I know Jesus, but I, I feel like I'm far away from that. I'm going to give you an opportunity. In fact, I'm going to ask you, if that's you, and you want help in this arena, and I'm going to ask you to come, and I'm going to allow those of you that desire to go, you, you please, you may go. Those of you that want prayer, I want to invite you to come. And I want a few of my team to stand with me as we pray for those of you that need this so badly. Everything's going to change. Everything's going to change. And find there is none none like you want prayer, face me. If you're helping me pray, face that way. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I have searched for all eternity long and, and find there is none like you. Here's what I want to say. When they pray for you, when they pray for you, I'd like you to take a very bold step uh, because any of these who are praying for you on my team are trustworthy. And I want you to take a bold step and, and, and whisper in their ear the area 
the area you want the fear of the Lord to rule over. It will make this prayer even more effective. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before you pray, before you pray, one of the things that had to happen once he was confronted with the fear of the Lord is a new decision. Some of you have to determine I'm not going to go to anger like I have in the past. Others of you have to say I have to decide that this habit that I have is no longer legal for me legal in Christ not legal in the land you have to make a decision that Bishop said I'm not there yet so coming to class to get the knowledge that I need is a decision that you still have to make you have to make the necessary step at your job some of you to decide my attitude has not been the best and I need to change it. Some new decisions between husbands and wives. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to serve her. Whatever the decision is, there has to be action in this. It can't just be them praying for you and you going back home and nothing changes. That is unacceptable. The one part that he didn't mention is that once they found out that he had been lying, Saul said he, he killed all the ones. He, he did it. And the prophet said, no, you didn't. And he said, I'm going to show you what it looks like. And the prophet took an axe, an, an axe, and hacked Agag, the king, to pieces. That is the violence. He said, in the same way you have made many mothers childless, your mama gonna be childless today. And it was a violent death in front of everybody. And it was a finalization. It was from this day on, this thing has to be destroyed. And that's the kind of decision you gotta make. You've got to have a change in your life, not just a prayer of someone laying hands on you. It's got to be a decision, a finalization. This is it today. Amen. Those of you that are praying for, please step forward and pray for them.
like you. There is none like you. my heart like you do I can search for all eternity long and find there is none there is none there I can search for all eternity long and find there is none, there is none, there is none
appreciative for those of you that have remained um, here. Uh, I want to uh, be obedient to the Lord. Um, so I believe uh, a couple more sessions to um, give you an opportunity for an impartation. What we're talking about is the first thing God taught my wife and I when we came to Christ. That teaching that we received so impacted us, it impacts us to this very day. And certainly has kept us these 52 years. We haven't talked about it much. We, we need to. Someone asked my wife the other day, have you ever considered divorcing me? Of course, that person boldly asked her that in public, so all my ears are open. I want to know, because she ain't never told me. So I'm, you know. <laughs> so I'm going, oh, Jesus. She gave them a profound answer. I knew what my, my answer was. I, we made a decision in the very beginning because of the fear of the Lord that we would not even discuss it. We would not discuss the D word. And we could talk about what we needed to do. We talk about what we were willing to change or what we liked changed but we never discussed and we do not discuss. But the reason why is because of what God did to us in the very beginning. And the best way for me to describe that to you is putting the fear of God in our heart concerning our union, concerning our covenant. It didn't dawn on me that I needed to talk about it until recently when I realized, oh my God, I'm talking to a generation that doesn't have a clue of what I'm talking about. But I believe that God will give us an impartation and it will change everything. And when you find out, when you discover what's attached to this phrase, you're gonna, you're gonna shake your head. Like, oh my God, I just, I, I had never seen it. And I'm praying this for you over you, your household, so God can mightily use you. Some people God can't promote with favor because his promotion would actually be a problem for them. There's some people that don't need to be, quote, quote, successful because of what they will do with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm in no way saying to you that you should not be. But some people have not because God loves you more than. God loves you more than blessing you that way. But when you get it in your heart, he can take you as high as he wants to. Hallelujah. And I believe you'll get it. 
so God can use you in, as my, my, my predecessors would say, in these last and evil days. <laughs> God will be able to use you mightily. I believe it. You believe it, baby? baby? You believe it? Yeah, me too. So I think you're sitting here because you want me to say go home. Uh, I thought I did, but since you didn't get it, I'm, I'm, would you please rise? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I need to remind you too that the Lord has promised us that he is going to bring the nations and I want you to prepare yourself by the way this subject is so important because it will help you in the way that you treat other people when God begins to bring people to you that are not like you culturally that you'll be prepared to open your heart I do believe it's coming. I believe we're in the midst of it right now, in fact. And I'd like you to come just expecting God. I know that this is on Pastor Chris. He's, we, you know, he's been talking to me about his uh, God uh, moving upon him for specific uh, fasting and praying for signs and wonders. Amen. How many want to believe with me? signs and wonders and those things are going to cause men and women to flock to the house of God say it again baby are you going to open the doors of the church I thought the doors were open but, I, but if you need me to open the doors of the church all of you that are supposed to be a part of this family and you know you're supposed to be a part of this family then I want you to signify by I want you to signify by coming to me now. That's a good thing. Follow the shepherd. Um, you know you're supposed to be part of this church. Come to me now in Jesus' name. God bless you. Jesus, I thank you. I praise you for your Holy Spirit resting upon these that are here today. Let the love of God, let the communion of the Holy Spirit be upon them. Let, let your face shine toward them in favor because they love you and they fear you. Let it be known to all men that they are yours. I thank you and, and I praise you 
for their success this week. Their success in your presence, their success in the marketplace be upon you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, clap your hands to the throne of God. Don't forget to greet Natalie.